0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: This episode of Teacher's Pet is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcastcom Pet. Over seventy-five thousand titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player.
2: Okay, class, take your seats. I said, take your seats. Last six. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. <laughs> pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view, so give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself.
0: Welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, your host and director of training and behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey. Once again, I'd like to welcome a very special guest and a dear friend, Dr. Patricia McConnell. Dr. McConnell is an ethologist and certified applied animal behaviorist who received her doctorate in zoology from the University of Wisconsin, researching communication between people and dogs. She is the author of, I guess it's over 15 books now. It just keeps going on and on, and we have to be thankful for it, not only on uh, dog training, but behavioral problems as well. She's an internationally acclaimed expert on canine behavior and dog training, and she has helped millions through Public Radio's Calling All Pets and Animal Planet's Pet Line. So, today we're going to be talking to Dr. McConnell about feeling outnumbered, how to manage and enjoy your multi dog household. And people with living with more than one dog. In today's society, really, they find out that they have less and less time for yourself. So, yet life with many dogs doesn't necessarily have to be overwhelming. Dr. McConnell's going to talk to us a little bit more about how to avoid having canine chaos in your household. So, before we meet Dr. McConnell's take a short break to hear from our sponsors.
2: Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess.
1: Hey, boy, how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. (coughs) No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. (coughs) No, not for Grandma. But we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. Create your own life book for your pet. Pet Life Living Years
2: For the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention.
0: There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Slavani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Dr. Patricia McConnell, who will be talking to us today about living in a multi-dog household. Hi, Tricia. How are you? Hi, Pia. I'm glad to be here. This is obviously something that's near and dear to your heart because we know you are always living with multiple animals at one time.
3: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for a very brief period of time I had one dog, um after losing some old ones and then I recently got a puppy, so I'm back to a multi-dog household, but boy is it different when you have two or three or four or five dogs than when you have one.
0: It really is. It makes you realize when you have one, it it's almost I hate to say this, but it's
3: almost boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it it's interesting. I there were there were aspects to it that I loved I have to admit Pia Mm -hmm. I love being able to focus all of my time and energy on this one dog for a while it was was really sort of fun but you know I got another dog a lot because of him because I knew he wanted to play you know my older dog is four he's a four-year-old border collie Willie and he loves to play with other dogs and mm. so, I got a puppy partly for him. <laughs> That's right, why I remind right. him of that when the puppy's driving me crazy. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, <"Well>, right. <laughs> I, I got this puppy for you. But, and, oh. but I love, I have to say, you know, I had four dogs for, oh, 12, 13 years. I've had as many as seven dogs. I do love having a bunch, I have to admit.
0: It is. We just, the different personalities and you, you, yeah. we so enjoy them each on an individual basis. A question for you, is it unrealistic to expect, when we, we talk about training dogs, for example, um, the expectation is that one dog will train the other dog. And what are, you, what are your suggestions to people when they make this type of statement? They, you know, many times they feel like, oh, I got this other dog and my older dog is going to wind up training my younger dog.
3: Or I don't need to... I don't need to go to puppy class because I took my first dog there. Yeah, right. I yeah, that, great. You know? I've, I've, been mm-hmm. in, I've been in the dog training class. I don't need to take my next dog. <laughs> well, you know, there is an old saying in the world of sheepdog herding that I think applies very well, which is the only thing one dog will teach another is bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> right, and doesn't it, doesn't it, I mean you have multiple dogs. Doesn't it seem like that's the way it is? Like one dog is a digger, and the other dog never thought about digging. And then you get a new mm-hmm. dog digs, and now you got two diggers, right? You know. Yes. So yes. it is. It is absolutely unrealistic to assume that that your older dog, your other dogs, are going to teach the newbie. What you want, you know. I do think sometimes there's an advantage. Like if all your dogs are taught to sit and wait at the door when you open it, for example, I think it's a little easier to teach a new dog that if all the dogs around them are sitting quietly while you open the door till you say okay. Mm-hmm. But in general, um, they're not. They're not going to learn what you want them to learn from another dog. And really, so much of what you want is. A relationship between you and that new dog, and so the last thing you want is to sort of let the pack take care of them. You know, you if if you if you do that, then you've got a dog who's going to listen to the other dogs, but not to you. And so, I actually tell people to do the opposite. I'll bet you do the same, which is go out of your way with your new dog to spend a lot of time with just you and that dog. Put the other dogs away. Put them in their crates. Give them a chew bone to to chew on. Um, Go out on a walk, go to puppy class with your new dog so that you have a relationship between you and that dog. And they learn that it's fun to listen to you and you're the source of lots of fun rather than the boring old parent who stops all the fun because <laughs> they're spending all their time playing with the other dogs. Why would they listen to you? You know, who are you? It's yeah. just that lady who calls them in from the yard when they're not done playing yet.
0: It's so true because here I'm sitting at work today with my new dog who is just, just about nine months now, but the the girls are home and he's with me and the benefits of it are, are tremendous because, um, you know, it's, if I didn't do that, I'm sure he'd be hanging out with the girls and doing what they are doing. But he has, we've built a very, very close bond as a result of that. So I completely agree with you. People also want to treat each dog equally, since many times this is what we do as parents. We feel that children need to be treated equally. What are your suggestions with regard to that?
3: I think there's a big difference between fair and equal. And I think mm-hmm. I think your comparison is apt. I think there are comparisons between children and dogs, and obviously I do not think of dogs as furry little kids, but, but I think every dog... I think you need to be fair to your dogs, just like you need to be fair to your children, but that doesn't mean treating them equally, exactly the same, because they're they're different, you know? Every dog is different. And um, first of all, they need different... You need to interact with them differently. You know, some dogs may be really soft, and some dogs are really bold and pushy, um, and and they want to play one way and, and not a different way. You know, you need to play differently with each dog. And... And so I think you have to do, you, you best, not have to, but best of all, we do two things. One is we recognize each dog for who they are, the individual that they are. You know, and one dog wants to play fetch, and another dog doesn't want to. And one dog wants to go out and about to the farmer's market, and the other dog thinks that would be a nightmare.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, So you, you get to know and respect their individual differences and understand that you don't have to take them both to the dog park um, or to some noisy place because one dog loves it and the other dog doesn't. And just because you give a treat to one dog, you know what? You don't always have to give the, the other dog another treat. It's- Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, are you the same way? I mean, just like kids, it's good for dogs to learn emotional inhibition, you know, mm-hmm. tolerance and that, you know, life isn't always fair. It's nice to try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but do you do the same thing? I mean, if you, you know, say you have a pill that you have to give a dog and you put it in a treat, right? Do mm-hmm. you automatically give your other dogs a treat? Never. You gave one? You Never. That. And tell no. me more about what you're thinking is behind that.
0: Yeah, it's exactly the same. Um, if I get a quick response, say all my dogs are outside and I say, guys, guys in. And maybe two of them come running in, and the other one lollygags, and eventually gets there. Well, the two that came in very quickly, they get a treat. Oh so, well, the cookie jar is shut now. You know that that might encourage you to move a little quicker next time.
3: Isn't that a, that you know that's such a great training method that I think a lot of the general public doesn't know. Um, it's a, it's actually called negative punishment in that you're taking something away and trying to decrease a behavior you didn't like and i use that all the time too and it's a great benefit of multiple dogs mm-hmm. Is it's that same thing i had a border collie who hadn't read the chapter on border collies <laughs> <And> she was, <laughs> when she was an adolescent she got into chasing deer and not coming when called and she just got this little independent like yeah yeah needy boo boo you know but she loved food and so I'd call everybody before she started chasing a deer. Once she got her little head up in the air, you know that nose starts sniffing. Mm-hmm. I'd see the signs of potential trouble coming, and I would call everybody to come and I'd run the other way because that's a great reinforcement. Yeah. And then I'd give everybody but the last dog there a treat. And don't you love their faces? <laughs> it's like <laughs> when they oh, get there, like what, what? What I always say, oh. Too bad. Yes, and it's yes. very satisfying, too, because can't we I get know. even, you know, even the best of us, can't we get just a little irked sometimes? Of know? course. Of <laughs> so course. It's very satisfying to say, oh, too bad. There were only two, and you were the third dog here, so you don't get one.
0: Yes, and then and they really pay attention then, don't they? They
3: <laughs> do, and yeah, and then even if they're the third dog there, but they tried really, really hard, then they'll get the treat, right? Yep. Yeah, I
0: agree. In your book, too, which the audience can definitely look on your website for, Feeling Outnumbered, I like that you bring up the concept of teaching a group name and explain to our uh, audience uh, why this is so important.
3: You know, it's just so handy. It's really, really handy. Um, Both Karen Karen London, who co-authored Feeling Outnumbered with me and I, both love the concept of being able to speak to an individual dog with their name. And dogs learn each other's names really easily, by the way. But, you know, you don't want to have to always say, Luke, Lassie, Tulip, Pip, Bonnie, Buster, and, you know, <laughs> wait at the door, right? It's so, so I just, when I had four to seven dogs, I would say, dogs, wait. Or dogs, lie down. And it's easy to train, you know, if you have to train each cue individually in the beginning. But once you've done that, then you can put them together as a group, and it's just so handy. It just, it's, like, it's like when a parent says, children. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just really handy. It just saves you a lot of time. And, and then, you know, you can even have subgroups. When I had a Pyrenees and a bunch of Border Collies, I would say, Border Collies, um, lie down, uh, Tulip, come with me. Um, or, or some such, you know, and you can even have fun with it. You know, brown dogs, you know, <laughs> You're great, you know? black dogs, come with me. You know? Very it's impressive. It's really right? like, handy. It's really a handy thing to have.
0: It definitely is, and, and basically on the same line, too. Um, I know I have this. I have a group release word, and then I have individual release words for dogs as well.
3: And so what do you say? Tell me what, what gives us examples.
0: I use dogs as well. That's okay. something that I use dogs. And if I have my general release words, it's dogs. Okay. So that means everybody can go. Otherwise, I have nicknames. For example, it's Gwyn Gwyn, Gil Gil. And so they're little nicknames with their names. So they have to learn to wait for their sound before they're released.
3: And, you know, that's exactly what I do when I do wait at the door, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing to teach dogs, by the way. Yeah. Um, if you have multiple dogs so you don't get um, blindsided with dogs running in the back of you and knocking you over as they run out the door. Um, by the way, I think that issue, I really think that issue is it's really about being polite, you know. yes. You know how much it relates to leadership. I don't know. You know, I I don't know. I really think it's about like, would you let your kids run you over? You know, learn to be polite, right? Yes. So so it's a lovely cue. Wait at the door. Um, but I like an idiot, Pia. True confessions here, like an idiot. <laughs> I first tried to train my dogs to release to. Um, to, first I'd say their name, and then I'd say okay. So they all knew okay was a release. But I thought if I say their name first, they'll get that it's that dog and not another dog. So I'd say dogs, wait, and then I'd say Pippi, okay. And they all released. As soon as they heard okay, they all right. release. And they got really confused, and <laughs> Pippi started stress whining after a couple of sessions. And I started it was listening. me. It was me. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I started feeling horrible. And then, then it occurred to me that just like you, I know they, they know their names. So I just did riffs on their names. So I'd say Pip-Pip or Luke-Luke or Lassie as their release. I'd just do a sing-song version of their own name. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Interesting. That's so cool that you and I independently came up with that because that appears to be what works
0: best. I have a ton more questions to ask, but we need to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. So don't go away. We'll be right with you.
2: Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess.
1: Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash teachers pet. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash teachers pet for your free audiobook. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready
2: for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's
0: talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
2: Okay, class. Hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's
0: Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. And we're talking to Dr. Patricia McConnell about living with multiple dogs. Patricia, I I love the fact that you brought up being comfortable alone also because most people never think about this and they think oh like you did I got a dog for the dog but they never think that there is an important key factor that these dogs also need to learn to be by themselves and not always have another dog or person around so expand upon that a little bit
3: oh it's so important and I'm glad you brought it up because it's so easy when you have say you have two dogs and you get a third one Oh, you went to the shelter, you found this beautiful little dog and you brought it home to give it a forever home. And you've got two dogs there already. If you're not careful and that dog has, spends X number of years always, always, always either with a person around or lots of other dogs around and is never alone, you might run into trouble. And everybody who works with behavioral problems knows that separation anxiety can be a tricky issue. It can be a very difficult problem. It's almost always curable, treatable, but not easily it's not the mm-hmm. easiest fix in the world. And and it can be really serious. I mean I you know, I had a client whose dog jumped through the glass out of a two story window. and and literally mutilated their back. I mean, he had hundreds of stitches and was horribly injured. And and, and he jumped out because he was panicked because he'd never been left alone before. So it's really important when I first get a dog, I will go out of my way. And sometimes you have to go out of your way because your life doesn't present this opportunity if you don't think about it. I'll go out of my way to crate train the dog, um, going as slowly as I need to, to make sure he's comfortable, he or she's uncomfortable inside of it, and then leave with the other dogs. Um, I'm sure you do the same thing. We'll, we'll um, throw treats into the crate, let the dog come right back out. You know, do that six times in a row. Never shut the dog in the crate, and then briefly shut the dog in the crate when he's really sleepy with a hollow toy stuff with the best food in the world in it. Just leave him there for a few minutes. Gradually get them used to going into the crate, <laughs> sleeping there, being comfortable there. And then, and then you know, leave the house. And and so, you know, my dogs have gotten, and a lot of people's dogs, they love their crates. If you introduce them correctly, they're not automatically enamored of crates. By the way, dogs are not den animals, like people like to say. They're babies in a den. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, they do mm-hmm. not live in caves. <laughs> no, right. They are not bats. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> they're not cave animals. They don't live in dens. They. It's not true. But they can become extremely comfortable in a crate, just like I like a cozy bedroom. You know, give me a Ah. cozy bedroom and a good book, and I am so happy. Right. That's right. And and I'll bet your dogs pee. I mean, my dogs love their crates. Now, the little puppy, he's not there yet. He will happily go in his crate. He'll fuss a little bit sometimes if he's wide awake and I'm still in the house. But most of the time he settles down, goes right to sleep. And so I go out of my way now. I'll leave the house with my older dog, leave him there for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting him used to being home alone. It's really important not to fall into the trap when you have multiple dogs. to have them never be alone because someday they're going to be, you know, and you don't want it to be when they're, Totally panicked and stressed in a vet clinic or something because they're sick.
0: Exactly, exactly, yeah. perfect. Another important point also that you bring up in the book is um, when someone is the bell of the ball, <laughs> and I like that.
3: <laughs> <right>. That's Karen's <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Karen London, the co-author, she's she's just got the best mind and turns yes, phrases on does. From anybody I know. Pia, I know Pia knows Karen London as well. Bell of the Ball is about that dog that almost all of us have had, if you've had more than one dog, who is like, me, 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 me. It's all about me. So you go to pet the other dog, and they push their way inside, right? They don't Mm -hmm. let the other dog up on the couch if you let your dog up on the couch. They're just like, it's you know, I am the center of the universe. Thank you very much. Um, and, And so Bell of the Ball training is, is one of the ways to teach dogs to be patient and polite and i I'll, I'll go through how to do that in a second but but the big picture, which is I think the most important part, is that if you have multiple dog multiple dog household it's even more important to teach your dogs that good things happen if they learn to be patient and they learn to be polite, and that's basically how I think dogs are happiest and, and we are happiest with them if we train them that, that just like you would raise a child to not sort of throw their weight around um, and just, just get what they want because they're rude and pushy and, you know, scream the loudest. Mm-hmm. So, so bell the ball is one of the many ways you can teach your dog that good things happen if you're patient and polite. So basically, say you have a dog who's, oh, I want you to pet me, never the other dog. First, teach a nice sit-stay, which is not hard at all. You know, teach a nice sit-stay in another context, just you and that one dog all by himself. If you stay seated, I give you treats. Oh, boy. Um, So use positive reinforcement. Teach a fun sit-stay. And then what you want to do is is ask the pushy dog to go on to a sit-stay for just a brief period of time. Call the other dog over to you looking at the dog on sit-stay, make direct eye contact, like, you stay there, (laughs) and then pet the other dog for just a second, just a second, and then go to the pushy dog who's still on a sit-stay and give him a treat. Now, you may have to work on this a little bit to get it to go smoothly, but it's actually really easy, and what you're teaching your dog is if you sit back a few feet while I pet your brother, good things are going to come to you and good things are going to happen. And and I'm doing that right now with my very pushy little puppy, a four-month-old border collie puppy named Hope, as in, I hope he turns out. <laughs> 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 and, and he's, he's going to be a sheep-herding dog. I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, you never know when they're young how they're going to nope. turn out as a sheep-herding dog. But but he's he is Mr. Pushy Boy. Uh-huh. Mr. Pushy Boy. Pet me, pet me, pet me. It's my water bowl. It's my food Oh, so he's learning just every single day, probably 10 times a day. I back him up a little bit. Just I just sort of walk into him a little bit, very gently. I just sort of move forward so that he has to back up just a tiny little bit. I say, good boy. Wait, I say, because he doesn't know stay real well yet. Wait. And then and then I'll give Willie a treat from my hand, or I'll give the other dog um, a pet. And watching little puppy who's waiting two feet back, just like a hawk, and then instantly giving him, going to him and giving him a treat back there. So he's learning, if I back up and I'm patient while she does something to the other dog, good things will come to me. So he's already, in a month, he's profoundly different. He's already so much more patient than he was before. An older dog too, you know, even Absolutely. if they're 10 years old, you can teach this, right? Oh yeah, it's my saying
0: is, give me impulse and then you get what you want. I start off puppies, adults, it doesn't matter. It's just, I hate pushy dogs. It's like pushy children. No, it, yeah. it's just push up, push up. And going back to manners again, it's all about poor manners. It's just, it's, you know, I'll invite you in. If I want to pet you, I'll pet you. But right now, maybe I don't want to. And um, And I think that's where, again, people think that they have to be treated equally. If I'm petting one, I should pet the other. No, not necessarily. Right. Not if you want to, yes, but not all the
3: time. It's, it's a like, world where all of us adult humans demanded every time, if you compliment one person, then you can imagine it's a committee right. meeting. They're bad enough already, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. we really couldn't function as a society, you know? And and I, you know, I think one of the, I'm curious if you found the same thing, one of the myths that that I I try to counter in my work is that is that if you have a polite, well-trained dog, you've taken the fun out of it. You know, the, you've mm. taken the joy away, and that's so the opposite of what I found. You know, if they oh, don't know yes. what the boundaries are, you know, they know, and you know, you're you are also patient and polite. <laughs> you know, none of this. You know, you just don't need to use any kind of harsh punishment. You don't need to do any of that. I'm the alpha wolf pack leader and, you know, I'm mm. going to scruff you and show you who's boss. And I mean, that just leads to nervous, anxious dogs as far as, I don't want to live like that. No. You know, I want my dog for fun and to be yeah. happy and to be good friends. And But don't you
0: think and, also having good manners really is a
3: preventative tip to avoid fighting? Oh, so importantly. You know, I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen the same, so many incidents between dogs that mm-hmm. were all about dogs getting aroused, you know, excited and aroused at the door, maybe, or over food or something, and then because they haven't been taught emotional control, because they haven't been taught how to inhibit themselves, which is a lot about what being patient and polite is all about, that because they haven't learned those skills, nobody's taught them how to control themselves, they get incredibly excited at the door, and all of a sudden, they're fighting, you know, you have two dogs in a rip-roaring fight because somebody came to the door. And so, oh, you're so right. I you know, and when when people come to me with that kind of problem, so often the fix is, okay, let's go backwards. Let's teach everybody to master a few cues and then let's teach them to do that as a group and teach them that you get what you want by being patient and polite and by learning to control your own emotions. Because it's just like you know, it's just like I went to a fight. And a hockey game broke out. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Oh <laughs> like We humans do the same thing. We get excited and overly aroused, and all of a sudden we're fighting. <laughs> so we're not really that much different than them. No. It that way. Ex- exactly. Well,
0: Tricia, unfortunately, we're out of time for today, and I know we can go on and on and on to discuss this topic because we do love living with multiple dogs. And if our audience is interested in this book, obviously, you can visit Dr. McConnell's website, which is listed underneath her bio on her page. So, please feel free to check it out. But why don't you remind us again what your website is, Tricia? Oh, it's
3: easy. Just go to my name. It's com. two C's, two N's, twelve. Um, and if they're interested in behavior and training, uh, they might check out the blog, which is the other end of the leash, which is really a fun. For me, it's a fun inquiry about dogs and behavior and training and our species. <laughs> Wonderful. And whatever else comes up. Thank you, MVP. It's been my pleasure.
0: Oh, my pleasure as well. So I'd like to give definitely, as always, a special thanks to our producers for making the show happen. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas, which I have gotten from a lot of my Facebook friends, so stay tuned next week. I took your advice. Please email me at pia at petliferadio.com. So until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, Tricia. And thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. Tools and session on
2: Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.